The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. It's the last word in sport all the way until seven o'clock, given that we're not here tomorrow. And there's so much sport on over this weekend. We'll be getting to rugby, Gaelic football and hurling later. But let's start with the weekend's Premier League action and also what's going on with so many managers in what has been an extraordinary year for the sacking of managers in the Premier League and some extraordinary appointments. And we'll go to Mark Lawrenson in a moment. But first, Miguel Delaney, chief football writer with The Independent, what are they thinking at Chelsea, bringing back Frank Lampard as interim manager? Well, I suppose, I mean, it's funny. It, it was one of those that when it was first broached yesterday, a lot of people thought it was a joke, um, <laughs> which maybe sums it up a little bit. But I suppose there is actually a strange logic to it in the sense. I mean, first of all, whatever about criticism of Lampard, he probably makes more sense than Bruno Salter, given that... Uh, uh, the choose the game and choose against Liverpool was the first time Bruno had ever picked a team, uh, and from that perspective, it is I think it's about because the fans do love Lampard even even if maybe a lot of other people don't, um, and it's about creating that element of positivity, and also I think crucially giving them breathing space for because really all that's left is these is basically those Champions League games, but giving them breathing space beyond that to pick the right manager going forward. And they but want sorry, does be, Lampard actually think that if he was to go well? between now and the end of the season, that they might keep him on and that they wouldn't get somebody else in? Has he gone in on that basis? Well, of course, he, he didn't. Uh, he sidestepped that question today. Uh, given he's a professional footballer or, or a former professional footballer and one of the most ambitious at that, you would have to think that, he, I mean, if he, if, he gets, if he wins the Champions League, say, he, he'd be considering a potential future at the club. Uh, there's a lot of steps to go until then, though. But um, but yeah, it was conspicuous. He didn't say he didn't directly answer the question today. Mark Lawrenson, what do you make of this? Because I mean, it's it's only a couple of years since he was fired by Chelsea, um, when he was replaced by Thomas Tuchel. They went on to win the Champions League. He went on after Chelsea to be a failure at Everton. So why would he do a good job this time round? Well, that we don't know, Matt. But I think what the football club are doing is that they're buying some time while they interview, obviously, all sorts of different um, guys as well in the meantime. And I think they, they look at him that he's, he's in safe hands. He'll be saying to himself, look, if, if, if you know, I'm not Real Madrid out of the Champions League and I do really, really well, I'll get the job. I, I don't think he will get the job long time. And, and really, to be honest with you, I looked at it and I was thinking about, straight away, I was a bit like you were thinking about it. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. Um, you know, he's in there. He knows how it works. He knows some of the players. He knows loads of the backroom staff as well. And I actually think it's quite a good idea because this it, it's obvious with these owners, Matt, that they don't know what they're doing insofar as they signed all these players, did not sign a striker. Why on earth they did not sign a striker, which obviously was in the end for Graham Potter, the doing of him. And they will look at this now and hopefully they'll have learned something and it will be, OK, we, we don't have to rush to get a new manager. So let's interview whoever we really want to interview. And in the meantime, let Frank, Frank Lampard run the, run the football club and hopefully get the right results. They're not going to be relegated, are they? No, but Miguel, who else are they seriously looking at for the job? Luis Enrique has been mentioned, but what are the chances of that? So they want to talk to up to seven people. 
Uh, they've got quite a defined list. Obviously, Luis Enrique, from what I'm told, he had a Zoom with them earlier this week and then flew yesterday. And he was caught coming back in Barcelona Airport and said he was at one of the islands in, uh, in near Mallorca that doesn't actually have an airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, appar- apparently, he impressed, especially when he outlined uh, what he wants for the team tactically, which would be a 4-3-3. But he, um, I think he'd be quite a demanding character and would want certain conditions as regards the, regards the role. But then a demanding character is actually what they need, given that one of the things Chelsea are actually thinking about is that whoever comes in in the summer has to be the sort of manager who's hard enough to basically tell at least 10 players they're not wanted, because this is, this is going to be a massive fire sale. Nagelsmann, from what I'm told, they like a lot of the elements of how he sees the game and how he plays it. There are some big questions about how young he is, especially given that one of the issues of Potter was they never really had command of the dressing room and also whether he'd just be kind of another Thomas Tuchel in terms of someone who just wants to concentrate on the the first team football. When this is a job now, Chelsea, that, that I mean, one of the reasons Potter got it in the first place, because they want someone who's willing to kind of buy into the whole uh, a holistic look at the club, as is put, and like and look beyond the first team. Uh, Pochettino is another name mentioned, although doesn't seem to be as much momentum behind him from what you hear. Well, I must say, I, I would think he's quite, um, almost not quite ideal, but has a lot going for him in terms of what they want, which is playing an intense football with a lot of these young players. Uh, and then beyond that, a few more kind of out there candidates. Um, Mourinho is obviously heavily pitching for, for the job, uh, given some calculated leaks over the last few days. That would be his but, third um, spell in charge, but I suppose it would all be different given that it would not be Abramovich <laughs> this time. Yeah, and, and from what I've heard, actually, what people have told me was in the club, he's not being considered at present. Okay. Uh, of course, this is further complicated, Mark, but the fact that Tottenham are looking for a manager, although it looks like Nagelsmann doesn't want Tottenham, though they might want him. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I actually think, Matt, that um, Brendan Rodgers is a good fit for Tottenham. Because, you know, I think he's an outstanding coach. Obviously, it all went very stale at Leicester. But then they stopped spending money, didn't they? And we saw how much they lost last year as well and the year before that. So, um, the thing we're talking is you, you, you just don't know. Spurs, as you know, that we call them, you would never, ever know. But I think it would appear to me that Tottenham just won a coach, which Brendan Rodgers is most definitely a coach. And, and then the, the chief executive... He can run the rest of the show. And I just listened, obviously, there to Miguel and, and speaking and saying that, you know, uh, with Potter, that they, they obviously wanted him to invest in the young players and all those kind of things. You haven't got time at the Premier League anymore to invest in young players. It's all about results. You lose two or three games and your job's in jeopardy. So you can understand why people would want just to concentrate on... Well, we seem to have lost Mark there for a second. Um, actually, Miguel... What about Spurs? They went, as you use the phrase, Mark, use a bit Spursy the other night when against Everton, they conceded they were one man and one goal up. Now, they did lose Lucas Moura to been sent off and then Michael Keane got the equaliser. But what about the incident when Harry Kane got the um, blow or push to the face? <laughs> However, did he recover from such a serious incident? I saw Dyche had a bit of a go at today saying maybe he hurt Kane's eyelash. It's interesting. There's been, I mean, given that there's always this perception that the England captain or at the very least senior players in the England team almost have this kind of um, protected sheen around them. 
But there has been a bit of buyback for Kane this week. I mean, it was. I mean, the thing, the thing about that incident was, well, as we saw from the photos and in the age of VAR, the grapple was probably enough to get the Corey sent off. Um, but he didn't do himself any favors in terms of perception of the way he went down and the theatrics to it. Um, but it's at the moment, it's one of the few interesting things about Spurs because. Well, well let me put that to Mark. Again. I mean, you come from an era, Mark, where there was perhaps a bit more, shall we say, physicality. Uh, Harry Kane falling to the floor in the way that he did after a push in the face and staying down there for quite a period of time. What did you make of that? Oh, decision, Matt. You know what? If, if that been my, my son plays rugby, if that had been my son in whatever sport had done the same thing, I wouldn't speak to him. I'd, I'd actually, I would. Well, I would speak to him. I'd, I'd tell him what for. <laughs> well, but it, you know, it was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. I'm really surprised at, uh, at Harry, obviously, and I think the king, you know, is the England captain and all those kind of things. But have you, have you ever seen him, Matt? If you stood close to him, he's massive. By the way, so no, I thought it was quite pathetic, and in the end, he made himself look look silly. Really, absolutely outstanding footballer. Poor mistake, this is. Okay, Miguel, uh, there's a vacancy at Leicester because of Brendan Rodgers been fired, and they probably need to get somebody in quickly, given that they lost their first game after Rodgers midweek. What about this talk of Martin O'Neill going back? It must be nearly twenty years since he was last manager at Leicester. <laughs> well, so from what I am, I mean, not that it's going to happen. I think it's one of those situations. It's one of those things they basically have considered because they realise the need to get in the caretaker. This, this is the issue. I mean, it's a remarkable season in that regard. Where, with the, I mean, obviously it's a record in terms of sackings, which I think says a lot about what the Premier League is and the pride, the financial value of staying in it, but also how. All these sackings have almost influenced each other, and have, each one has a knock-on effect to other clubs. So one of the things Leicester have been looking at is is how Roy Hodgson has had this immediate impact at Crystal Palace. Obviously, a long a, you know a former manager, a long-term club servant, knows the club, and also Canny. And um, this has been some of the thinking at Leicester. They need, they know they need to get in a figure like this because there is an inherent danger in just leaving it to, to caretakers or assistants who don't have that experience of being a manager. Whether they go with O'Neill remains to be seen. Oh, Rafa Benitez was pitching for it as well. But that's another one. I mean, again, this weekend, and this is actually going to be the case every weekend now because that bottom half is so congested, is going to influence some of the thinking as well. But I, I, I'd be very surprised if Leicester go for that much longer without some well, sort well, Mark, of uh, figurehead. What about Martin O'Neill? Because Martin O'Neill still thinks he's a lot to give. When he was in here before Christmas... I mean, okay, he's hit into his 70s, but you wouldn't think it looking at him. He is fit as a fiddle. He's ambitious still. He also yeah. is known as a motivator and is not effectively what Leicester need at present. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read his book? His, his book's a, a very, very good read, Matt. Yeah. Um, and the, th- the thing with all these clubs is that, in fact, the manager, they've obviously not had anybody else in place. Now, if you've not got anyone, anybody else in place, why sack the manager? What, what is the point? I, I really seriously do not get it. I actually think Martin O'Neill would be a good thing for Leicester. And he'd, he'd come in, as you rightly say, he's very good in the dressing room. He tells people he's, he's a little bit old-fashioned, old which I think they probably know they need at the moment. I think he'd be a good fit for them. Well then, what about West Ham, Mark? Your mate David oh, Moyes oh. is under big pressure because... That was a quite a bizarre performance against Newcastle last night that they lost 5-1. They could have been in front. They went two down. 
They got back to 2-1 at half time and then gave away an absolutely shocking goal in the first minute of the second half and the game was gone from them. They could have lost by more than 5-1. What happens to Moyes now? Well, I think I think they're up. Is it Fulham tomorrow or over the weekend? I honestly believe, and I, I know he has had the backing of the uh, the owner, etc. But if, if they lose two or three nil at Fulham, I think that might be the end of him. To be honest with you, Matt, um, they, they've obviously kept him on um, because they know what what he can do. And so I feel I feel for him. I really seriously feel for him. I think he might actually lose his job if he gets beaten. Miguel, what's the word on what's going on at West Ham? Well, funny, just before I came on, I was asking someone about exactly this. and As I think as Mark has referenced there, it doesn't look like they're going to act this weekend. Sullivan has been very reluctant to throughout this season. Uh, and to be honest, I, I did think last night's performance was so bad, especially in defence, which is supposed to be Moyes' staple, that it looked like almost, it looked almost irretrievable. Uh, but yeah, as we say, I mean, it, it, if they get a narrow defeat at Fulham against Fulham, I wouldn't actually be surprised if he stays on. If it's bad again, then surely we get to a point where they act. But then it's been like that all season. And then, of course, the flip side is, just given everything we've been talking about, whether West Ham see what's happened at other clubs and how sacking the manager and not having a plan in place doesn't necessarily bring much of a pickle. Yeah, but, but it, mean, can, be... it can because, look, regardless of what happens, it leads. They got it all wrong in the official manager, couple of weeks. Then they got Gracia in and he's done an excellent job. They played, and okay, now I know Nottingham Forest are poor, but they looked better the other night than they've looked for ages and suddenly Leeds fans are confident that relegation can be avoided. But, but Leeds were lucky enough to get, I think, one of the very rare managers out there who is really canny, uh, like I think, I think he's he's really good manager, Gracia, and also willing to go into that sort of situation. And the longer you get uh, towards the end, sorry, the, the closer you get to the end of the season, and the more immediate that a danger that relegation is, well, the less of those managers that are around, as, as some of the clubs around West Ham are finding. Okay, let's talk about the big game of the weekend, Mark, which is on in Anfield on Sunday, because you know Liverpool, having been thumped by Manchester City last week. The draw against Chelsea in midweek. Now they face an Arsenal team which really is coming to Anfield looking and wanting to win to keep the gap over Manchester City which is likely to be down because you'd expect City to win a Southampton on Saturday evening. Not that anything is certain in football but you'd expect that. So where do you reckon Liverpool are at now after the week they've had to avoid defeat against Arsenal or to even beat them? I I don't see Liverpool winning that. I really seriously don't. And I think, you know, when when you look at their season and all the the games they've played so far, the best thing that I can sum them up with is they beat Manchester United 7-0 and then about five or six days later they went to Bournemouth and got beaten 1-0. I mean, even even the other night at Chelsea in the first 15, 20 minutes, I know they made three changes defensively. They could have been at least two or three down. Every time they come out to play, Matt, you, you aren't sure which Liverpool you're going to get. You might get the really good version, as everybody knows, or the other version where they just don't look like a team anymore. And defensively, they've been poor. We know as well that, you know, in terms of midfield, they've got to get replacements in the summer. But I really wouldn't know. But I look at Arsenal and I don't think they'll have a better chance to beat Liverpool than Sunday afternoon. What do you think, Miguel? I have to say, I mean... I, I, I agree with Mark there. I think there's been a bit of back and forth to Liverpool this season. There's been times where you've seen their potential, not least against Manchester United. 
but it does feel like going out to Real Madrid in the Champions League had a real deflationary effect on their season. Since then, there's been a danger drift. I was have to, I was at the game on Tuesday, and it was very concerning, at least in terms of this season. The team, it looked like one where Klopp was trying to get a reaction, didn't get one. Um, and just given everything, given that motivation, given given the state of their midfield at the moment against Arsenal's, yeah, I, 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 I'd be relatively confident about an Arsenal win here. It could be famous last words, but if everything goes as has been normal this season, especially with how ravenous Arsenal look and how well put together they look, I think this is their chance to win. And if they win this, then it's, I think the, the thinking is that Arsenal have three big away games where that lead they've got could be frittered away. And that's one is at Liverpool, one is at Man City, and one is at Newcastle. And if they come through this, that's very significant. Thank you very much. McGrath Delaney, Chief Football Writer with The Independent, and Mark Lawrenson. The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.